Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the How to Sleep podcast. In this episode, you'll learn, in my experience, why so many people sleep really well for years and then develop a sleep problem that just won't go away. Welcome to the How to Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Blakeman, qualified adult sleep coach, a previous sufferer of insomnia and mum of three. I believe that sleep is fundamental to your enjoyment of the life you have worked so hard to create and I support adults like you who are struggling to sleep to get back to sleep and back to living your life in full colour and with maximum energy. This podcast is for you if you are taking ages to get to sleep or waking in the night and can't get back to sleep or both. Keep listening to find out how sleep works, the essential elements you need to get the sleep you deserve and actionable steps that you can take. For many people, when I first start to work with them, they often feel quite confused about how they got into the situation in the first place in terms of their sleep issue. And what I mean by that is they can often identify the cause or the trigger of their sleep issue, but that cause or trigger has since gone away, but the sleep issue itself has remained and they could have resumed their life pretty much as it was pre the problem, but this sleep issue just won't budge, it's still there. And then they get puzzled about how this can possibly be. So I wanted to delve a bit into this today and explain some reasons that I've noticed, some themes if you like, or just kind of my point of view about the things that keep cropping up again and again when I see people with this type of issue and particularly when people are struggling to sleep because their own thoughts are keeping them awake. So the first thing I notice, which is a reoccurring theme, is a life which is completely full. And I know that the majority of people in modern life are busy and have loads to do. But I've noticed that some people go a step further and have a life which is literally full to the brim. And I think people get to this point because as we're growing up, we're encouraged to aspire to have a full life. So we're supposed to build up to a senior job or running our own business. And some people I work with have multiple jobs or multiple businesses. And we're supposed to accumulate stuff, possessions like a house and a car, and these need maintenance. And of course, we grow our support network each year as we meet new people and we make new friends. And our, our families and our friends grow in number because we all have children. And of course, that's amazing. But then that brings practical elements to more birthdays, more occasions, more social events, more things to do, more things to remember. And and then hobbies. You know, if you're like me, you love having a good hobby or several hobbies or volunteering or caring responsibilities. And then invariably, if we don't already love sport, at some point in our life, we decide we need to get healthy, we need to get more exercise. And so then we try and fit and go to the gym or going for a run or maybe we're going to yoga. So as we go through life, yes, it gets more full and that is brilliant. And that's what we're all aiming to do is have a brilliant full life. But it also comes with an increasing list of responsibilities And to fulfill all these responsibilities takes time and energy. And what we do is we tend to gradually give over more and more of our time each day and each week to meet those responsibilities. And we leave less time for relaxation and rest and sleep. So I'm talking here pre-asleep problem. 
for people that sleep well, but as they're getting older, their life is getting fuller. And so together, when you think about our need for relaxation and rest and sleep, they give us the counterbalance that we need. So we need to have a certain amount of rest and relaxation and sleep in each day in order for our bodies and minds to restore so that we can carry on going the following day. And that sounds obvious, but most of us don't actively view these things often as an actual activity that we must fit in the day. We tend to see it as an absence of activity. And the problem with that is that it then feels like unproductive time. And when you have a full life, you're always looking for ways to be more productive and achieve more of the things on your list. And so from that point of view, you can start to think that it would be a good idea to fill up these spaces in your day, to fill up this downtime in your day and in your evening where you perceive there are gaps where you're not doing anything. So that's where many people end up. So a day which is completely full, there's very little time for rest and relaxation. They're working into the evening as well, probably. And then they're crashing out in the evening and they're sleeping through the night until the alarm and then waking up and doing it all again. So what we probably don't realise at the time when we're in that situation is that that's not necessarily a healthy sleeping pattern at all. So it's more likely to be a pattern which already has some clues that it's not the best healthy sleeping pattern that we could have. So for example, when I say clues, so for example, the fact that if we're falling asleep as soon as our head touches the pillow, often people see that as a sign of a good sleeper, but it's not necessarily the case. It could be a sign that you're exhausted or perhaps even before that on the sofa when you're watching TV and you fall asleep then. And when the alarm goes off in the morning, do you need several snoozes to get up um, before you wake up? So even before you had your sleep issue again, I'm talking about. So we tend to view these as signs of a good sleeper because you say, oh, well, I can fall asleep anywhere and I sleep all the way through the night. And, you know, yeah, even the alarm, I struggle to even get up with the alarm, that's how good a sleeper I am. I mean, I'm in that deep sleep. So we tend to kind of view some of these things as signs of a good sleeper, but it's not necessarily the case. Some of these could have been clues that pre your sleeper shoe that you were already having things that you, you could have been doing differently. So then what? So now I'm going to try and attempt to explain how I see how the trigger event fits in. So I imagine that as we grow our responsibilities, we're pushing ourselves kind of closer and closer to the edge of what's sustainable in terms of our sleep cycle and our 24 hour pattern. And what happens is that at that point is that when a serious life event comes along, it can tip us over the edge, so to speak. So metaphorically, like the wheels come off, our sleep pattern's disturbed, and then we really struggle to get it back again. And by a serious life event, I mean something like a stressful period at work, uh, a bereavement, or having a newborn baby. So we see the trigger event as the cause of the issue. But really, before that, in my opinion, I, I see a scenario where we could have actually created a situation in which our sleep was already pretty precariously balanced so we maybe had low resilience anyway low ability to deal with that disturbance event in terms of sleep because we're already pushed so far to the limit now what that means for you practically is that when you start to address your sleep issue you don't really want to try and necessarily recreate that life pattern that it was before so in the end what most people have to do is 
go back to basics and create a healthy sleep pattern in order to actually address the problem. And this leads me to a second theme that I see, which is a lack of knowledge about sleep and about how sleep works. And that means that even once the life event trigger is over or you've moved on from it somewhat, then you you have would have the capacity to get yourself back on track but most of you don't have the capability to do it because you've got very little knowledge of how sleep works and how your actions are affecting your sleep so although it's in fact probably perfectly possible to rectify the issue relatively quickly you're not able to do that because you don't know how to and this links back to my first point and please I am of course talking about myself in this too when I have my sleep issue and I'm really talking from hindsight of me looking back at how I was and how I was conducting life. So I'm including myself in this too that this is where I went wrong as well. We try to regain the pattern that we had before but the pattern that we had before wasn't necessarily a healthy pattern anyway. So let me give you another analogy. One of my friends many years ago went through a really difficult period with recreational drug use and his relationship with recreational drugs and he'd started off as a young adult smoking on the weekends and then he got more and more into the habit of relying on using drugs for relaxation until at some point he found himself not in a great place with this. Now in order to get himself back on track he couldn't just simply go back to only smoking on the weekends. He had to completely cut it out of his life. So he had already taken himself metaphorically over the edge. And so it was no good to simply go back and try to balance himself on that cliff edge again. He had to come all the way back down from the cliff edge in order to get get his life back on track at that point. So I hope that, I hope that analogy helps you to see and I'm not necessarily making a direct comparison. I'm just I'm just using a metaphor. So in order to fix your sleep issue, you can't necessarily simply go back and try and resume your life, a life which doesn't prioritize and allow sufficient time for rest, for relaxation and for sleep in a really healthy way. So your action step for this week is to take a look at how you're attempting to fix your sleep issue. Are you trying to get back to the sleep pattern that you had just before your sleep issue started or are you taking a step back and trying to establish a healthy pattern of rest and sleep as a whole all right have a good week and thanks for listening thank you for listening i hope you found some value in today's episode if you did and you know others who would benefit from hearing this information as well then please share with them And if you would be so kind as to leave a positive review of the podcast, this will support me in my mission to spread the message of sleep as wide as possible. Thank you so much. If you can't wait until the next episode and you want more guidance right now, then head on over to my website and get access to my free sleep resources. Link in the show notes. Or follow me on Instagram at Nikki.Blakeman. Wishing you a peaceful night's sleep.